From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Friday, February 10th, 2017. Today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. Today's show also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free right now at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. That's my nickname for anybody who's wondering what that actually stands for. DraftKings is the destination for one-day fantasy sports. At DraftKings, there are no season-long commitments. Just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. Whether it's NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, or even golf, DraftKings has something for everybody. Set up a private league, or if you're new to DraftKings, join a beginner contest. There are huge prize pools every single day, so don't wait. Start your new season right now at DraftKings.com. And again, use the promo code PIC, that's P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit, DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you if you're watching on Facebook Live. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast at DannyPicard.com, iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere podcasts are available, there's something a little bit different with the audio than the video, because the video, you didn't hear any opening music. That's because uh, Pete Needham, my producer, he had to go out and take care of some wedding stuff, you know, getting married this summer. So uh, he had to go leave early today and take care of that. So I'm in here by myself today, and um, the way this thing works, with how it's mixed into the Facebook Live video, there was no intro music, but if you're listening on the podcast, you will hear the intro music, because I'm going to put it in edit it in, and throw it in after we're done recording. But we're live on Facebook, so uh, we're going to try to do every single show, give you a live video simulcast, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. And, of course, you can listen to this whenever you want on iTunes, Google Play, or at dannypicard.com. So let's get right to it. On this Friday afternoon, I am still... I'm still trying to recover from, and and recover might not be the right word, but I'm still trying to, you know, move on from the Patriots Super Bowl championship. I have not completely moved on from that yet. And when I say recover, I mean from the excitement that we had following that game, um, you know, bring myself back down to earth. It's not easy to do. I mean, it's such an exciting moment when the Patriots win a Super Bowl, especially when they win it in that fashion where you're on an emotional roller coaster the entire game. Now, you can go back to Monday's podcast. I reacted to all of that. I'm not going to get into the game specifically on this show or really any other show moving forward, but it's funny. You know, I come in here today, and we're still talking about it. We're still going over the different moments. Like, if this happened, if that didn't happen, would the result have changed? Would things have been different? Um, so, everybody's still trying to get that out of them. I do feel like I got most of it out of me on Monday's podcast, and I am usually here in studio Wednesday and Thursday giving you some type of Facebook Live video that isn't a podcast, uh, but with the snowstorm, I was unable to make it in yesterday, so I apologize for that, but I'm here now, and as we move on from the Super Bowl and move into the off season, you know, the storylines that are coming up with this Patriots team right now, well, first and foremost, we had the parade on Tuesday. And I watched the parade from home on TV. I didn't make it in. Uh, I've made it into a couple parades. I did not make it into this one. 
But I did watch the parade Tuesday. I love that they got together in City Hall and everybody got up on the platform there and up at City Hall, up on the steps. And they, they got on the microphone and they talked to the crowd. You had Brady, McCordy, a couple other players chanting, we want six, we want six. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be an impossible task because the Patriots, there's a reason why they're already the favorite to win next year's Super Bowl. And it's really because Brady and Belichick aren't going anywhere. There are some offseason moves that we need to get to, and I will. But just going back to Tuesday and back to the parade, you know, when they chant, we want six, you know, that's, that's more than reasonable. You know, that is completely realistic that the Patriots are in Minnesota next year. In fact, I'm having a tough time finding an AFC opponent that's actually going to be able to beat them and prevent them from getting to Minnesota at the Super Bowl next year. There are some things that could happen. Tony Romo could come to the AFC, but that Tony Romo is not going to be the guy that's going to knock the Patriots off course. He's just not going to be the guy. Um, so I don't know if it's Denver. I don't know if it's Houston. I don't know if it's another sneaky team that's maybe going to try to get Tony Romo in the AFC. Who knows? But my message would be bring it because I don't think Tony Romo's the guy that, again, is going to knock the Patriots off course from getting to Minnesota and getting to Super Bowl 52 next year. Uh, but there's plenty of time to discuss that. I think first and foremost, we should be discussing some of the Patriots' offseason moves. You know, the big names, Dante Hightower, free agent. Uh, obviously, you have Malcolm Butler, restricted free agent. Someone even like Logan Ryan, who's a free agent. I don't think Logan Ryan's going to be back. I mean, if I had to go through the list of players that the Patriots uh, should have at the top of the priority list, as good as Logan Ryan was this year, uh, as much as I actually felt confident he would come up with the big play, especially towards the end of a game, a big game, I felt confident in Logan Ryan. To the, you know, to the point where, yeah, you know, I had to think back a couple years ago, and I never would have expected that I would feel this way about Logan Ryan this season. But I did, and I felt confident in him. And he had a nice year. But that doesn't mean the Patriots are going to bring him back. And if they don't bring back Logan Ryan, that's not the guy that the Patriots are going to lose and everything's going to fall apart. Like, that's the... Sorry. They can they can recover from that. That's not a knock on Logan Ryan. It's not. It's praise for what the Patriots do. I mean, they just traded Jamie Collins in the middle of the season. And uh, he had much more of an impact on this Patriots defense given his athleticism and his versatility that if if they're not going to... If the Patriots are not going to fall apart defensively after losing Jamie Collins, they're not going to fall apart defensively losing Logan Ryan. So I don't think Logan Ryan is going to be back. I do think somebody might pay him. Now, when it comes to someone like Hightower, I I have a feeling, and this is just the vibe I get when I I read from people who are in the know, you know, you get someone like Devin McCourty who comes out and says that Hightower is going to be back. Well, if the Patriots have their way, I, I, I think they're going to franchise him. I think they're going to put the franchise tag on him. That's just my personal opinion based on things that, that you see from afar and you hear from afar. I, I think they're going to put the franchise tag on him if for no other reason than maybe giving him some more time to come up with a long-term deal. But at the same time, I think you also have to get into what are they going to do with Garoppolo? I think they trade Garoppolo or at least they kick the tires 
and try to create some type of bidding war for Jimmy G, that's possible. I think they're going to get a first-round pick. I mean, if the Sam Bradford trade did anything in which, you know, the Vikings, they give up a first-round pick to the Eagles to get Sam Bradford, if you're going to get a first-round pick for Sam Bradford, I think you can get a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, I guess that's more of a knock on Bradford than anything. Right, that's more. I'm not a big Sam Bradford guy. He did some nice things early in the season for Minnesota this season, but ultimately wasn't enough. I just, I'm not a fan of his, and I just think if you're going to be able to get a first round pick for him, then a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, who at least has given you some potential, right? He's got a lot of potential. Jimmy G has a lot of potential. Are you going to trade a first round pick for potential? Given the way the NFL looks right now that you have to, you need to have a quarterback to win in this league. I think you get someone to do it. I really do. I think you can get a first round pick for Garoppolo. And if that's the case, and if you're the Patriots and you get another first round pick and you think, Hey, we can put the tag on Hightower. We can use a first round pick on some linebacker that we think could be ready you know, two, two years from now to be an everyday player and a potential leader of the defense. I mean, I look at that position. It's not crazy to think they could take someone, draft someone, turn them around, get one year at Hightower, get one more year at Hightower, and then say after that, you know, if, you, if someone's going to go pay you, then they'll pay you. You know, we have this kid we just took in the first round a couple of years ago. I mean, I'm just thinking outside the box here what the Patriots could do, and I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy. But I do expect, my point is this, I expect Hightower to be back. Um, Butler, I, he's not going anywhere. Logan Ryan, though, you know, if I had to guess who's gone, it would be him. There are a couple other players. I mean, you want to get to the offensive side? Martellus Bennett? I could see them potting ways with Bennett. I know they like him. He's a tough kid. Plays hurt. Played most of this season injured, banged up. You heard them say it. I mean, they leaked the story in the middle of the season at Ian Rappaport that said they were going to look to sign him to an extension, um, sign him long-term, or, or just at least bring him back. They were interested in bringing him back. That was, I, I think, the report. And I, I now that I think back, though, that was a message sent. I even said it at the time. I think this was the organization. It was during a time in which they leaked this story going into the San Fran game. Jabal Sheard was left home as a healthy scratch. They had traded Jamie Collins because obviously something happened behind the scenes. They were sending a message. You know, if you show up, you do your job every day. And if you do as Bill Belichick was yelling at the parade, no days off, this organization is going to reward you. Now, I, if you listen to me and you watch this show or listen to the show or read what I have to say in my columns for the Metro and NBC Boston or on my blog or my website or on social media, you know that the Bennett White House comments leading up to the Super Bowl was something that I questioned greatly. I questioned them big time. I didn't question the political statement. I didn't question the fact that he actually doesn't want to go to the White House. And, and I'll get to that. I didn't question that. Don't go to the White House. You know what? At the end of the day, I don't even really watch those ceremonies at the White House. I don't. I really don't watch them. I don't really pay much attention to them. You know, there are players that are not going to go to the White House every single year. It's going to be done again. 
people are going to skip the White House in the future, and they've done it in the past. It's just, it, it, it always, there always seems to be someone that is not going to the White House. I get it. Different circumstance this time around because there's a large outcry about Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, this is a, this is such a unique situation in that White House right now that, you know, this is making national headlines maybe more than some other years in which certain players didn't go to the White House. But it, this isn't anything new. And we're going to see it again in the future with teams, championship teams. I'm not knocking. I didn't knock Martellus Bennett and his statement leading up to the Super Bowl that he wasn't going to go to the White House if they won it. I was knocking the fact that as a member of the New England Patriots to answer a question about whether or not you're going to go to the White House before you even won it is just not the Patriot way. Now, you can tell me I'm overreacting all you want, but if you believe in the Patriot way and that it's a real thing, and I do, and players will tell you that it is a real thing, then I find it hard to believe that there was, you know, that, that guys in the Patriots organization, coaching staff, upper management, ownership, that they weren't even other players. I found it hard to believe that they weren't a little pissed off that Bennett was already telling people he wasn't going to the White House when they hadn't even won the Super Bowl yet. It just wasn't the Patriot way to me. Uh, is, that a, is that a reason maybe you don't bring him back? I don't know. I'll tell you this. When Bennett scared scared Brady at that press conference a couple days later, and Brady said to him, Marty, why don't you go get some rest? I, I just felt like there was more to that comment. I just felt like it wasn't, hey, you just scared me now. Get some rest. And he's joking. I, I felt like he was basically saying, enough. Get away from the media. Step away. Go back. Let's get ready for the football game. And... Put it this look, Bennett was a was a nice piece to the puzzle. Again, played tough, played every day, played banged up, played with injuries, made some plays down the field. Um, he's not Gronk, though. Let's not try to say he is. Let's not try to compare him to Gronk. And you know, with all due respect to Martellus Bennett, the Patriots will survive without him. And, and if they can survive without Martellus Bennett, that tells me that there's no guarantee he's coming back. But um, I just, I didn't like the way he answered that White House question leading up to the Super Bowl. Now, speaking of the White House, Bennett is not, now that they've actually won it, players are coming out saying they're not going. There's a handful of Patriots now that won't go to the White House. And, you know, people are are reacting to it. The only time I think, going back, the only time I really reacted to a White House situation and a player not going. The only way I really, I think I reacted, was when Tim Thomas didn't go with the Bruins after they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. Now we know Brady a couple of years ago. Um, if we could, you could go up and down the list of players, and there are some big names on that list that haven't gone to the White House that have won championships. Tim Thomas, his name's on that list, big name player. Uh, Without him, Bruins don't win the Stanley Cup 2011. He chooses not to go to the White House. To me, and I'm just speaking for myself personally, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way only because he was the only American on the team. Like, 
that's so that's important to me. That if you're the only American on the team, I'd like you to go to the White House and represent the United States of America for a team that's from Boston that wins a championship that hoists the Stanley Cup, really, and you're the reason that they won it. I, I would have liked to have seen him there. Regardless of his political stance or political opinions, um, he, you know, he wasn't there. He didn't show up. He, I, he took some heat for that. Tim Thomas took some heat. Some people out there say he didn't, he didn't take heat. Bullshit. He took heat. And you know what? Thinking back, I, I, I think I went on the Dan Patrick show. I was a guest on the Dan Patrick show. They had me on for a few minutes over the phone and I was talking about this and, um, I just questioned it. And that was really the first time I think I actually got into questioning whether or not somebody went to the White House and and whether it was the right decision. Again, you can do whatever you want. You can have whatever political opinion that you want. Uh, I am not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't think in the political world. And people don't come to my show for that. So why would I provide you with, with that opinion? Again, it's your right to feel whatever way you want to feel in when it comes to politics, same thing with professional athletes when they want to make a political statement, whenever they do want to make a political statement. But I just felt with the Tim Thomas situation, he was the only American on the team. And I know some people tweeted me, what about Stephen Kampfer? Stephen Kampfer was not even playing, right? He was hurt. His name's not even on the cup. I don't even consider him part of that team. But he was another American, if you want to say two Americans. But let's be honest. The only American on that Bruins team was Tim Thomas. Okay? Stewart, Wheeler, they were traded at the deadline. Rich Pebbly. Tim Thomas. All right. Tim Thomas was the only American on that team. For such an impact player and being the only American and not show up at the White House, that's just a different situation to me. And I can only speak from my own thoughts, my own feelings on it. I would have liked the only American on the team to show up to the White House with the Stanley Cup. Right? That's, that was my opinion. But it happened. I got over it. I don't hold the grudge because of that. In fact, I don't even ever think about it. I don't ever think about it. When I think of Tim Thomas, I don't think, didn't go white, didn't go to the White House, what a dickhead. Fuck him. No, when I think of Tim Thomas, I think of some of the saves, the the crazy saves that he made in the playoffs uh, in 2011 to help the Bruins win a Stanley Cup. And that without him, they wouldn't have won it. Right? That's, that's how I think of Tim Thomas. And I always will. So, moving forward, now that we're once again looking at another championship team from Boston and New England going to the White House and you got a you got a handful of players at least right now there could be more that won't go you know if ben, Bennett's one of them I think LeGarrette Blunt said he's not going um whoever else might want to come out and say they're not going to the White House I'm not going to hold that against them I'm not going to hold the grudge and in fact it just really doesn't get me worked up again I go back to the Tim Thomas thing and I bring it up because that's the only time I can remember going, eh, kind of a bad look. But only because he was the only American on the team. Right? That, that's the, and again, I can only speak for myself, but that's why I felt that way. Any other, anybody else in other situations, I just, it doesn't get me that fired up. I'm sorry, it doesn't. So if some Patriots don't go, they don't go. It, what I'm interested in, in seeing, if I am interested in anything, I'm interested in, you know, some teams, you know, down the road, you know, the next NBA champion, the next Stanley Cup champion, 
um, the next World Series champion. You know, who goes, who doesn't because of, you know, the Trump storyline that goes along with this. It'll be interesting, but I'm not, I, I don't get worked up, too worked up about it to the point where I'm all of a sudden not going to root for a certain player because they didn't show up to the White House. It's just not where I'm at, mentally at least. So uh, it doesn't get me worked up emotionally. The Tim Thomas thing, though, I bring it up because he was American. The only American on the team. And I just thought that's a special situation. So um, here we are now. Patriots. You know, almost a week later. Almost a week after winning the Super Bowl. That's a hot topic in this town, the White House thing. Again, doesn't get me too worked up. Um, The parade on Tuesday, they're chanting, we want six, as in six Lombardi trophies. They have a very good chance to get it. And we'll see how this offseason plays out. And anything that goes on with the Patriots in the offseason, I'll be right here reacting to it. Um, But something else that happened on Tuesday as the Patriots were celebrating with the parade was a Boston Bruins move. And I guess this all sort of ties in, right? With the, you know, I mentioned Tim Thomas, the White House championships, Patriots celebrating theirs. While the Patriots celebrated theirs, the Bruins decided to make a move on Tuesday morning. Interesting timing on this one. Interesting timing. And the the funniest part, I think, about the whole Bruins situation is that you watched, I don't know if you saw the Cam Neely spot that he did on Felger and Maz yesterday, but um, Cam Neely was a guest on 98.5 The Sports Hub yesterday. And I think Cam knows that it's on TV. It, they, it's also on Comcast Sportsnet. They have a TV simulcast. And uh, Cam Neely brought in two sheets of paper with him. President Bruins. Two sheets of paper. And he's he's reading off them as if those are his notes. And I loved it. Felgo was kind of knocking him, kind of chirping him. He's like, you got anything else in those notes? You know, you want to read? And, um, you know, Cam kind of laughed it off. But it's true. Cam nearly brought notes into this interview with Felger and Maz. And he was reading off the notes. And during this interview, he put it all on Don Sweeney. By now, you know the move. The Bruins fired their coach, Claude Julien. They did it Tuesday morning. Do you really need me to get into how it all went down? They did it Tuesday morning. The Patriots were having their parade. They had a press conference. Don Sweeney, the GM, had a press conference at about, what, I think 11.30 when the Patriots parade was rolling. The duck boats were rolling down Boylston. Um, And... I, I, I don't even want to say he answered the tough questions because who was there to even ask him? I don't even know. I didn't even really watch it. I saw highlights of it. I was watching the Patriots championship parade. I wasn't going to let the Bruins fire and Claude Julien fire and their coach take me away from the Patriots championship. I wasn't going to do it. But you're a fool to believe that they didn't have the Patriots championship in their head as they went over the plan on when they were going to announce this. Right? Don't give me that they wanted Bruce Cassidy to have a couple days of practice with the team. Cassidy's been a part of the coaching staff all season long. Um, don't give me that madness, that bullshit. If this was such a big deal and this needed to be done, you know, I don't think it needs to be planned out like that. You do it, okay? But I think 
the public relations side of it is that they absolutely thought that this thing would not be, not that we would just not notice it and miss it. We'd all, they knew we were going to get the news, right? But perhaps we'd be so wrapped up in the Patriots stuff that maybe a couple days later, this wouldn't be such a, a hot topic. They absolutely did this, thinking to themselves, let's, let's try to take away some of the heat. Because you know there's going to be heat, right? There's going to be heat. And the heat's going to come from someone like myself who doesn't think Claude Julien deserved to be fired right now. Uh, but that, that's, that's maybe a different topic when it comes to the timing of it. The timing was, let's try to deflect some of the heat that we're going to take. So let's throw this out there while the Patriots are having their parade. Don't try to tell me that wasn't on their plate or on their mind. It was. Like, I'm not, we're not stupid, okay? And they try to deny it. Cam tried to deny it when he was on with Felger and But the funniest part about the whole thing was Cam Neely comes in with notes, but he also put the whole thing on Don Sweeney. He put the whole damn thing on Don Sweeney. He said, well, this was Don's decision. I just okayed it. And then he said, when asked about Bruce Cassidy, who's now the interim head coach of the Boston Bruins, he said, this is Don's guy. He said that. Multiple times. And basically telling everybody in Boston that whatever happens now with this coach in this moment, with a new coach and with this certain guy, this is on the GM. This is on Don Sweeney. And um, I guess when I hear him say that, and I see Cam Neely basically throw Don Sweeney under the bus and put everything on him, because now let's face it, any success or lack of success that Bruce Cassidy has, that's going to be on Don Sweeney. Because Cam Neely just said, I okayed it, but this was Don's move. Oh, Bruce Cassidy, this is Don's guy. Put it all on Don Sweeney. Um, the f- That's the funny part about the whole press conference. So when I see that, all I can think to myself is dysfunctional. The, the Bruins are a dysfunctional organization right now. That is, as much as Cam Neely wants to put this on Don, as much as I might want to knock Cam Neely for throwing Don under the bus, knowing full well that he had something to do with this decision, I just can't stop thinking to myself, this is ownership. Everything about this is ownership. Everything. Because, ask yourself this question. Forget about the Patriots thing. All right, I mean, I was pissed off about it at first. At the end of the day, the only thing I truly care about is that the Bruins make the right decision more than they make the wrong decision. So, once you get over that parade thing, and that pathetic display by the organization and maybe the public re- public relations situation that, that they were in that, again, they purposely, they purposely broke that news on Tuesday morning, right? There was a purpose to that. And um, it was the Patriots parade. But once, you, once we all get over that and we look at the actual move itself and the timing of it with regards to where they are in the standings, uh, what the... 
what the regular rest of the regular season looks like, how much time's left in the season. Look, right now the Bruins have played 56 games. They win last night on Thursday night at home against San Jose. Uh, they now have a 500 record at home. They were a game under 500. And the urgency that they showed at home last night was refreshing. It was. It was refreshing, right? You can say it. If you watch this Bruins team all season long, they were no good at home. It was refreshing to see that urgency. And you could say that maybe the kick in the behind that you get as a team, as a player, as a unit, uh, as a group of guys in a dressing room that plays for each other in a sport that relies on that playing for each other maybe more than any other sport, you know, this is a kick in the behind as a group when you fire, fire the coach or somebody loses their job, right? Especially somebody that you might respect, somebody that helped you win a Stanley Cup a couple of years ago for some of the veterans on this team. For other veterans that join this team now that, that watch the Bruins win a cup from afar, you know, someone like Bacchus who watches that and probably has respect for Claude Julien, I, I would assume so. Um, this is a, whenever that type of change is made, this is a kick in the behind. Last night was an example. Last night was the result of that kick in the behind. The Bruins, they have talent. Nobody's denying that. If you're going to make an argument for the Bruins firing Julien at any point, the argument would be they have enough talent to be better than this, especially in their own building. Yeah, Cam Neely pointed that out, stressed that with Felger and Mass. That would be the reasoning you have for firing Claude. The question I have with it is, why now? Why in February? Right? Why right after the All-Star break? If the playoffs began today, the Bruins are in. They're the second wildcard spot, as I record this podcast, with 60 points. The Flyers with 59 points, one point behind them. All right, the Island is 58, Florida with 56. So there's a race there. When you look at the Atlantic Division, I mean, the Bruins are one point behind Toronto for the three-seed in the Atlantic. They're two points behind Ottawa for the two-seed. You know, they're not going to catch Montreal, I don't think. But the Bruins are in position where even if they didn't fire Claude, and you know what, even if they didn't win last night, I'd be sitting there today telling you they have enough talent where they should be able to do something down the stretch. Maybe they take advantage of their bye week coming up. And... They're gonna they're gonna be in position to still get into the tournament. And just like Cam Neely said yesterday, you get into the tournament, you have a chance, right? But at some point, as an organization that has missed the tournament, that has missed out on the playoffs the last two years, I think you gotta have a plan. You gotta have a plan just as much as you think you need to have a chance. And if you do believe that this Bruins team can get into the playoffs, I think realistically, as somebody who makes decisions in an organization, and that's their job, like it is Cam's and Don's, you have to ask yourself, if we do get in, just how much of a chance do we actually have? Right? How much of a chance do we actually have? Here's my take on it. If they get in, they don't have much of a chance. And last year, I wanted the Bruins to be a little bit more realistic with their chances. I did. I wanted them to be a little bit more realistic. And they weren't. I wanted them to trade Zdeno Chara and see if they could get a first-round pick. I wanted them to trade Louis Erickson and see if they could get another first-round pick. I wanted them to do some things to be able to 
also open up some playing time for some of the younger kids last year, especially the younger defensemen. Get them some playing time last year. You know, let them work out some of the kinks. Let them make their mistakes last season and sort of begin, I don't want to say the rebuild because I think that would be, you know, to go into a complete rebuild would be somewhat unfair to someone like Bergeron. And even Marchand, Krejci, Tuca, you know, it would be. But there are some things that you can do to make sure that, all right, in two years from now, going back to last season, you could say two years from now, we're going to still be in position to have enough of the core remaining that we'll be able to give some of these younger kids more playing time and get them ready for two, three years down the road where our core will still be very good and good enough to help us win a championship, right? You know, you got to... You got to do, you got to make those, those are the decisions you have to make. But they didn't. They kept Chara. You know, they kept Louie. And I told you last year that was ownership. Because they kept those guys. They just wanted to get into the tournament. They just wanted to get into the playoffs. And at that point, the best chance that they had to get into the playoffs was what? Keep those guys around. And not miss out on the playoffs for two straight years. Well, they ended up missing the playoffs for two straight years. And all I can think of right now is they fire Claude in February is they don't want to miss out on the playoffs again. So what can they do? Instead of trading players and going that route, they can get rid of the coach and give this team a kick in the behind to the point where maybe they can get something going down the stretch and get in. But let me ask you this. Do people really believe that if they get in, Bruce Cassidy is this complete difference maker that's going to help this team, you know, get over their problems, which I think are still, you know, defensively more than anything. I do. I think their defensive problems more than anything. Is Bruce Cassidy the guy to get them a Stanley Cup if they get into the tournament? No, you can't. And they can't actually believe that in the Bruins front office or ownership, right? So why did they make this move? Right now, like, I get it. If the Bruins didn't make the playoffs this year and they go three straight years without making the playoffs, ownership, front up, president, GM, any part of the front office, any part of the organization has every right in the world to make a coaching change. There's no question. There's a change that needs to be made. Make it. If you miss the playoffs three straight years. But they haven't missed the playoffs three straight years yet. And in fact, the reason they have issues this season, in my opinion, is not on the coach. And in my opinion, if they do get into the tournament, I think they had just as good a chance to get into the tournament with Chloe behind the bench than they do Bruce Cassidy. And if they do get into the tournament, if you're asking me who I'd rather see behind the bench, Claude or Cassidy, I'd say Claude. And he gives you a better chance to win if you do get in. But, um... You know, ownership to me right now, the move, this move, they're the ones that fire club because they wanted some type of change within the organization to give them a kick in the behind to get into the playoffs. They don't want to miss out in the playoffs again. They think this is going to work. And you know what? Judging from last night, you saw him win. You saw him beat San Jose 6-3. Um, some good puck movement. You know, they went in battles in the corner. You saw the offensive attack, the forecheck, power play. I mean... Yeah, you saw some defensive issues still. But for the most part, there was that urgency at home that they had lacked most of the season. And uh, some people might want to say that that's because of the kick in the behind that they got after they fired Claude. And you're probably right. Probably is. 
but let's pump the brakes on on thinking that that's going to last the rest of the season. Let's see how long it lasts. Let's see how long that juice is flowing. And, um, you know, ownership, I think, is hoping that that's a move that gets them, catapults them into the postseason, into the Stanley Cup playoffs, so they don't have to miss it again. And that comes back to me. Then you have Cam Neely going on Felger and Maz, putting it all on the GM, on Don Sweeney, going back to the fact that you released this information and released this news and fire clothed the morning that the Patriots are holding their championship parade. This just major dysfunction in the Bruins organization. That just does not feel good. It just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. Doesn't. Doesn't feel right at all. And um, if you're asking me how they fix it at this point, I don't, you know, the only thing that that I can hope for as a Bruins fan is that they let some of these young defensemen make their mistakes, you know, go through their progressions as a young NHL talent and, uh, you know, let them work through it. And and still, I'm going to tell you at the deadline this year, you know, if the Bruins are sitting there Second wild card spot, maybe in the outside looking in. I'm still going to tell you, you should make some moves. Look, Zdeno Chara, see what you can get for him. Honestly, and I'm the biggest Chara fan there is to the point where I've told you many times I think the Bruins should have a number, another number 33 in the rafters. I think Chara's a, a hockey hall of famer. And I think his numbers should be retired in the Bruins organization. But that doesn't mean you have to hold on to the guy forever. That doesn't mean you can't kick the tires and see if there's a potential Stanley Cup champion that might need that fourth defenseman to be a guy who's seven feet tall on skates. I mean, I I think there's a trade to be made out there with him that's going to help your organization, that's going to, your organization is going to benefit from in two or three years, right? I mean, you know, you look at McAvoy should be ready at some point soon. If you watch them in World Juniors, I think defensively, the Bruins are in a spot where they will be improving the next couple of years. But they're not there yet. They're not at a championship level yet. And I just feel like as a front office, as a GM and Don Sweeney or as a president of hockey operations like Cam Neely, I just feel like you should look at it realistically and think, hey, we're not there yet. Are there some things that we can do this trade deadline that maybe could help us two, three years down the road. Like, can we get a first-round pick? Could we move as a Dano Chara and get that? You know, could we get creative with some other move? Look, I'm a Krejci fan, but I'd be a fool to tell you that I would hang up the phone on another team if they called asking about him right now. I wouldn't hang up the phone. Um, You know, I'm trying to get creative in that way if I'm the Bruins' front office. The fact that they're not doing that tells me... You know, especially they're going to go on and Cam's going to blame it on Don. And the way things are moving on here, I just feel like ownership is still running the show. And they're all about just getting into that first round of the playoffs. Because it's such an obvious strategy that I'd like to see them take that the front office is not. That who else would be running? Who else is running this thing? Either Sweeney and Neely have no idea what they're doing or ownership is running the show. And I'm going with the latter. I'm actually giving Neely and, and and Don Sweeney a little bit of credit here. Because I do think 
Jeremy Jacobs, Charlie Jacobs, I think they are running the show still. And um, I don't think that's that's that plan that they have just to get into the playoffs and, and have a chance. Man, good luck with that. Good luck with that strategy with this team this season. I, I don't – good luck with that chance. You know, I would do something now at this deadline to help give myself a better chance in two or three years. But the Bruins, if there's one word to describe what's been going on with them the last couple days, it's dysfunction. Dysfunctional. Right? That's just the way I see it. And, um, you know, did they take anything away from the Patriots parade? No. I still watch the Patriots parade. I just, I focused on the Bruins the next day. I think I just tweeted out like, the Bruins are hilarious. That was it. And then I wrote a column for the Boston Metro you can read on their website, metro.us. I even linked it on Twitter and Facebook. I began the story by saying the Bruins are pathetic. The word, though, when I bring it all in to describe this entire week as to what the Bruins did, dysfunctional. What they did and what they said and how they did it and how they said it and when they did it and when they said it, dysfunctional. The Bruins are a dysfunctional organization right now. And, you know, I told you what I'd do as a front office member. If I were a front office member, if I were making moves and making decisions, things that I would think about doing at the deadline, I told you what I'd do. But um, I just don't think they're to the point where they're thinking about doing that at all. Which brings it back to ownership and me believing that ownership is running the show. And I just don't think that's a good thing right now for the Bruins. It's not. So, there you go. We can get into some more Bruins here moving forward. There's a lot that's going to be going down. Of course, Patriots offseason moves. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, NBA All-Star Weekend is next weekend. Trade deadline in the NBA is February 23rd. Baseball's about to begin. I just watched a video today. Craig Kimbrell's down in Florida throwing. Officially... On paper, the date for pitches and catches to report is Monday, right? Monday? Doesn't it get earlier and earlier every single year? It feels like it. I'm talking about the actual date seems earlier. Like, I think it was like the 17th a couple of years ago. Now it's the 13th, Monday. And workouts with the team began a week from today, I believe. You got the World Baseball Classic beginning in March. Uh, and Major League Baseball... We'll be in spring training mode soon, but they're already, they already have stories that got me worked up. You know, I'm somebody that does not want a pitch clock in Major League Baseball. I'm somebody that does not want any clock in baseball. I'm somebody that doesn't think the game needs changes, that many changes. Major League Baseball, they're trying to test certain things out, though, here and there. You know, they're testing the pitch clock out in the minor leagues. I hate that idea, but now they're going to test something else new this season in the minor leagues. They're going to begin extra innings with a runner on second. We do this in a wiffle ball tournament. The O'Sullivan Wiffle Ball Classic. You begin extra innings at a certain point with a runner on third, right? Is that how we do it? I forget. O'Sell, you got to run the tournament again. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Run the tournament again. But when you do, if you do, in extra innings, I don't even agree with it then. We got screwed one year in a wiffle ball tournament because of that. I can't imagine getting screwed in a in Major League Baseball because of that. That is that is another dumb idea. And I just feel like Major League Baseball is trying to stay relevant and stay in the news 
when it comes to controversial stuff. Maybe they can't keep up with controversy. Um, but I just hate that idea. I'm going to watch a baseball game regardless of any changes that they make, but they're trying to get, I feel like, a whole nother audience that is out there crying about the speed of the game and they need to speed it up. And I don't think those people that they're trying to, to that audience they're trying to capture, even if they do the things that they think this audience wants, that audience isn't going to come watch on a Saturday night in July. I'm sorry, they're not. Just because you add a runner on second in extra innings to begin extra innings. It's just, I'm sorry. It's a stupid idea. It is dumb. Much like a pitch clock is dumb. Just these are dumb, dumb, dumb decisions by Major League Baseball. And I hope they stay in the minor leagues. Do it in the minors, fine. But keep them there. Keep them there. Because I think the game's fine. For someone like myself who loves the game of baseball and will watch all season long, not just the Red Sox, I'm fine with the rules. I'm fine with the way the game is played. So we spring training right around the corner. Uh, what else? Next thing you know, it'll be March Madness, right? You'll have the NHL trade deadline. And before you know it, it'll be opening day. And what's going to be sad on opening day is that David Ortiz will not be in the lineup. I'm trying to, you know, get ready for that, but I'm just not ready for it yet. And I think I it won't really hit me until I'm watching the game, waiting for him and wondering why he's not in the lineup. That's when it's really going to hit me. All right, but uh, continue to bask in the glory of the Patriots Super Bowl championship. I know I am, and I know I used the word recover earlier. Uh, recover from the, the emotional high that I am on, I guess you could say. I did not watch that sound effects show, but I have it DVR'd. I am going to watch it. Uh, I have seen some clips on Twitter, which have been great, but I want to watch the whole show. I try not to watch every clip I see because then what's the point of watching the show if you see it all on Twitter at different times? But you can follow me on Twitter. Maybe I'll react to it then, at Danny Picard. Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you already have it. You already know, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. I'll be on WEEI this weekend, I believe Saturday and Sunday. I'll have to check the schedule. Make sure you check the schedule on their website, weei.com. Um, and I'm here Mondays and Fridays with a new podcast. Subscribe at dannypicard.com, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. And don't forget, use my promo code at draftkings.com. The promo code is PIC, P-I-C, to play for free with the first deposit. It's not just, I know football's over, but it's not just football. It's NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, soccer, golf, NASCAR, MMA, you name it, they have it. Um, you know, any sport, DraftKings is something for everybody. Set up a private league, or if you're new to DraftKings, join a beginner contest or huge prize pools every single day. So don't wait. Start your new season right now at DraftKings.com and use my promo code PIC, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. Thanks for joining me. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe with all this snow on the ground. I think we might have another storm or two coming this weekend, early next week. Stay safe. Listen to me on WEI this weekend. And, of course, I'll be back here on this podcast Monday. See ya.